I recently read this quote by W.E.B. Du Bois that says, there is no force equal to a woman determined to rise. This individual that I'm interviewing right now is a woman determined to rise. And she's doing great things to empower the women of El Paso, Texas. Can't wait for you to listen to this interview. It's coming up next. Welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast, the show designed to empower, educate, and encourage you to stay focused and committed to your mission. I'm your host, AC Cristales. Let's get ready to roll. Welcome to Mission Driven with AC Cristales. Today, I have the honor of interviewing Edis Lopez, who began her broadcasting career in radio as Lily Lopez on 104.3 Hit FM in El Paso, Texas. She then made the move to TV News, where she is currently a general assignments reporter, weekend evening weather anchor, and proud creator of the on-air franchise, KVIA Sunday Funday Moments. Edie's passion for empowering women was instilled in her at a young age by her parents, aunts, and grandmothers. Her passion grew even stronger after the relationships she developed with other young female broadcasters who were struggling to find a voice in a male-dominated business. Edis' passion to inspire and motivate others is due in large part to her 10-year-old son, Jacob. For Edis, being a mom is one of the greatest accomplishments she has achieved, and it is what continues to motivate her to inspire our youth. Without further ado, allow me to welcome to Mission Driven Podcast, Edis Lopez. How's it going? Hello there. It's going good. Thank you so much for reaching out and for, for having me here so we can talk about you know everything <laughs> everything for sure for sure yeah like i was telling you before we started recording you know anything that has to do with empowering you know young women and latina young women i'm all for it you know i have an 11 year old daughter she'll be 12 here in a couple of months so i'm all for it so yeah you know i kind of the way I, I just you know you caught my attention was uh i've done some work in el paso i've spoken to some schools out there and and um, some work with uh, Socorro ISD and El Paso ISD. So one of them, you know, retweeted one of, uh, I think they were wearing your shirt, right? The Mija, yes, you can. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty cool. So I looked into the website and what you do to empower young women. I'm like, man, I'm all for that. So, uh, and this, this is what the podcast is about, you know, just, you know, empowering people with their story. I believe that we, that there's power in our story. And so everyone has a story to tell, you know, and so, I know that people will be encouraged and empowered just by listening to how it all got started, you know, the things that it have inspired you, the challenges that you have faced along the way. So I'm excited. I'm excited to just interview you. So thank you again. Thank you. No, I'm excited too. I love, I mean, I love talking about how it all got created and hopefully it can motivate someone else to, to get started on whatever dream it is that they have that holding back. For sure, for sure. All right. So one of the things that I do before I start the interview, um, I deal with all my guests. So I just just to break the ice, you know, because this is kind of this is the first time we, we've met, you know, over Zoom. So uh, I'm just going to ask you 30 seconds worth of questions and you'll just give me the first answer that comes to mind. OK, all so right, that's pretty, pretty easy. So let me go ahead and set up the timer. All right. Here we goes. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Dogs or cats? Dogs. My dogs are back here too. <laughs> you better say dogs. <laughs> favorite movie. My favorite movie. Ooh, that's um uh, between Drop Dead Fred and I Love You Man. Okay. Best concert you've ever been to. Best concert I have ever been to was I would have to say my first country concert. Well, actually, it's a tie between my first country concert, um, Josh Turner, and then when I was able to see the Backstreet Boys 
live when they were in Las Vegas. Okay. All right. There you go. Look at that. All right. So country or Backstreet Boys. There you go. That's, that's some versatility there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right, Edie. So go ahead and just get us started. You know, just tell us about, you know, your family, your education, your career background, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, um, how much time you got? Hey, how much time do you have? <laughs> time is something that I wish I had more of, but you know what? It, it being busy is a blessing, so can't complain. Um, so I am um, born, raised in El Paso, Texas. I um, grew up in with you know a very Hispanic background. Reason why Mija is something that just sits near and dear to me because that's something my parents would always call us growing up, and it's just a name that we just heard and we thought everyone knew about it. But you know, when I would have friends, I'd be like. What is, why do they call me Mija or Mijo? <laughs> I get the tone of endearment, but growing up for us, it was like something where we were used to hearing. So um, I grew up um, with a family that, you know, I was blessed with the parents that allowed me to do whatever I wanted to do in the sense of my career. You know, as far as like life, you know, they were very, very strict, which was good. So, but when it came to, I want to do this when I grow up, they're like, you can be whatever you wanted to want to be. I wanted to be the next Britney Spears at one point. Okay. <laughs> uh, hundreds of dollars for me to make a demo. They would always take me to try out for an American Idol, The Voice, whatever it was they wanted me to do that. You know, then life happened and I got sick one time and I was in the hospital for about a month and I, all I could do was watch the news. So I was watching the news and I was like, you know what, that's, that's that looks like something I could do. So I switched my, my major and I went from music to broadcasting. And from there, I guess for me, and I realized that a lot of people that go to broadcasting kind of have a music background too. Oh, is I guess, that right? Yeah. A lot of people that I, I met, you know, they, they did music piano or they sang as well. So I was like, okay, so, you know, I'm in kind of the same feel of it. I started with radio because I love music. Um, that was experience though everyone's like you know it's it's not easy you think it's easy being on radio but it's it's not because people can't hear me so I have to be very animated or else they're going to be bored yeah for sure I was in the radio I was the only girl there surrounded by men but I loved it because they made they helped me I always tell people I was surrounded by men but it didn't feel like it they they were like my older brothers but whatever I wanted to do they always encouraged me to to do it, to, to be better. So, you know, now they see me doing this stuff and they still encourage me. And, you know, I owe it to them sometimes too. Cause I'm like, you guys helped push me to where I'm at, you know, now. And then I made the move to TV news, which was completely different. Um, that is definitely a male dominated industry. Um, being a woman in TV and being a man in TV is just completely different. So many different things. And it's from there that I, I got the fire, I guess, under me to want to motive, help other women who didn't have a voice and who didn't know how to, you know, go about encouraging themselves or going for what they wanted. So that's where I created this platform. And, um, but most importantly, I'm a mom to a 10 year old little boy. And he's honestly the, the fire that lead getting, I want to keep doing and doing so I can show him, Hey, you know, you can keep doing whatever you want to do in life because I did. Sometimes I failed. Sometimes I didn't, but you, you never know until you try. That's, I mean, that's what I've been doing my whole life. Well, that's awesome. So I uh, got a question with that. So is all this, you know, everything that you've done with radio, TV, it's all been in El Paso? Yeah, everything has been in the El Paso area. El Paso has been kind to me. And yeah, you know, I would love to branch out eventually, but right now, you know, I'm 
you know, with the Miha organization being able to you know, build it here and then eventually branch out, I would love to do that. Now, do you feel the reason why it's, you know, those, you know, the TV and some parts of radio have been male dominated? Is it because of the culture out there? It's very traditional, right? I mean, I've been in El Paso a couple of times, so obviously um, I'm talking to you from Dallas, very, you know, a lot more uh, liberal out here, I guess you can say, and over there is a lot more conservative. Would you say that's that's the case or am I just, you know, just mm, saying? I think, I think it's male dominated, I feel, and anywhere, at least in TV news. And I, I said, when we get you know, women that come from somewhere else, you know, it's, um, they'll, they'll have the same, the same feelings too. But here, I guess one reason why it is male dominated though, I know they've told, they've even mentioned that it's hard to find men that want to be in TV as much, you know, there's more women that want to do it. So that's why they're, they're reaching for more men, but because it's, it's harder to find the men in the industries to, to want to come and be in TV news. Okay. That's awesome. So El Paso, huh? El Paso born and raised and still doing work out there. So why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about your life's mission? You know, you, t- you talked a little bit about the Miha Yes You Can program, and we're going to get into that. But the whole purpose of this podcast and the reason why I started it is because I truly believe that everyone has a life mission. And so when you live life on a mission, when you live life with purpose, you live it differently. And I'm sure that's something that you're instilling in your son. I'm sure that's something that you want to, you know, like you said, you want to empower women to know, hey, you have a purpose, you have a calling, you have, there's something within you that was placed specifically for you to do. So in term of your life's mission, how does it align to the work that you do, not just with the Miha Yes You Can program, but also on a day-to-day basis? So for me, I, and I'm barely realizing it now when people would ask, you know, if you're not in TV news, what would you want to do? Um, obviously, I'd love to be the, a famous musician and this and that, but that's obviously. Brittany. But if I wasn't in TV or radio, I would want to, I would tell people I want to work for a nonprofit. And they're like, you know, that's a, there's not that much money in it and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but. For me, and it grew even stronger, I realized that my passion for actually helping people and giving back um, was when I was in radio and TV because I had this platform. And I was like, what can I do with my platform to give back? You know, and I started using my platform for mental health awareness, something that nobody would ever, you know, really talked about. Now we're talking about it because we're all stuck at home in this pandemic, left alone with your thoughts. You realize, oh, mental health is, is something that we all have to go through. So I started, I started with that. And I think that's kind of how, what, what drove me. I saw that people were like, Oh, you, you talk about that, you know, but people on TV aren't perfect. And it opened opened the door and it started a conversation. And I was like, how else can I keep starting the conversations? And I would through storytelling on the TV, you know, I, I, I love telling the stories. KBA Sunday Funday moments was created so I can do what everyone calls the fluff stories. Cause now it's, it's nothing but hard news, you know, because well, people hate it, but at the same time, you're going to click to read that article about, you know, COVID-19, about the pandemic, about this and that. But I wanted to sprinkle a little good news every now and then. And I wanted to tell the stories of the people that were doing good. But unfortunately, you know, the TV stations wouldn't pick it up because they're like, well, we got this hard hitting news. So everyone tells, calls me the fluff reporter, which I, I love. Now, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Why is that the case? You know, so there's a show that I love called The Wire. Obviously, it's been off cable for a long time. But one of the seasons, they focused on the media. And one of the things that I always remember, it just talked about how the media was dying, right? The newspapers and all that. And it said, 
one of the main things that they focus on is if it bleeds, it leads, right? So if it's, if it's blood and all that, it's going to be the lead story. So why is that the case? You know, you've, you've been in media. Why do you think that's the case for news and all that? I mean, I don't know. And see, that's the thing people are like, there's too much bad news on the, on the TV. We don't want it, this and that, but they still will turn on the TV. They'll still click that link. They'll still get mad at us if we don't cover something. Yeah. So think it's because people still want to know you know what's what's going on they still want to you know no one would know anything if it wasn't for the media you know love us or hate us you wouldn't really get much of the of the story if it wasn't for the media and unfortunately it's just what's happening in the world right now is a lot of bad so unfortunately that's all that's on on the tv you know so you have to find a way to find those feel-good stories or like, I mean, ABC World News, they have a little segment, America Strong, where they're able to. And I felt like that's how, you know, you have to find a segment. Like, okay, how come, okay, every Sunday we'll have a segment with good news. That's awesome. And yeah, it's something, you know, people are, can look forward to that and then know that, you know, during the primetime news, it's probably going to be hard, the hard hitting news because people are just, I don't know, people just, they say they don't want it, but well, they're still watching and clicking that link. Well, I'm one of those people who really don't want it. So, but that good stuff, yo, I'm, I'm all, I'm all down yeah, for yeah, that. <laughs> people love those too. I will see over a thousand likes and reshares and this and that. And I'm like, see, they love it. But then sometimes where they're like, but still I want to see what else is happening. Okay. Well, I love that. You know, just wanted to bring mental health awareness and you feel you can do that, you know, in the position that, that you're in. So that's pretty awesome. So what inspires you to start? Miha, yes, you can. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that program and what inspired you to start it? Yeah, well, I think really, I've always, you know, wanted to nonprofit work, giving back to the community was always something I loved doing. I started with mental health, but then I started most recently, even before the pandemic, you know, I got really close to, um, I call them my best friends now, some of my coworkers. I sometimes don't even like calling them coworkers because I'm like, you guys are more than coworkers now. Um, you know, we have our group chats and where they would just vent and like talk about, no, this is unfair how, you know, my coworkers were working so much harder than their male colleagues who could just pass by, but they were still getting paid more than the female. I, and I just saw the struggle, but they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to, how to mention it because you were afraid of losing your job, you know, which is understandable and, and in any case. So that kind of lit the fire under me. So I just remember one of my coworkers, she sent me something that had the phrase, Miha, yes, you can. She's always reminds me of you because I would call everyone. Because in TV news, I'm in my 30s and that's that's kind of older in TV news because we get new girls and boys that are in their early 20s, like just turned 21. And I'm like, wow. So I would call, <laughs> I would call them all, Miha and Miho. I'd be like, ah, oh, Miho, ah, oh, Miha, you know? And it was just something that stuck with everyone. So when they would see the word Miha, they they would remember me so they she sent me that and I'm, like, you know what? I'm gonna make a shirt and on international women's day i'm gonna post just a motivational post so it went from a post to i'm gonna create a facebook page so we're in the middle of the pandemic so we can just share motivational posts so people can see something good on their feed from there it went to a website where we were blogging about women's stories and it just literally blew up overnight people it was such a simple phrase but so powerful people were able to relate to it and people not just latinas and that's the reason why it's in english and spanish because all of our latina culture but 
in the TV business, TV news world, we meet people from all over the place, you know, people from, um, we actually have an Australian that works with us now, you know, from Australia, Chicago, Los Angeles. And I loved that I was surrounded by so many different cultures. So I was like, I want to introduce you to my culture, but I want you to introduce me to your culture. Let's learn about each other. So that way we can empower each other a little bit more understanding, you know, what you deal with and what I deal with. So it just, you know, and it just blew up to even more. We have teachers love, like you said, you saw the, you know, teachers wearing it. Yes. Teachers are our biggest supporters, but you know, they always buy packs and packs and everyone wear it and they see pictures and that just melts my heart. And we even had men wearing it in support of, like you said, you have a daughter support of their, their daughters. And it's just, it just grew overnight because it, people were able to relate to the message. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's, it's a powerful message. And so I also teach sociology here in Dallas. And one of the things that when we discuss gender and sexuality, we talk about the, the injustices, right? Even though we've progressed, things aren't as bad as they used to be, but yet, you know, historically speaking and, and research will show that typically, you know, women, ladies, you know, they're led to a certain profession, right? This, this is more for you. This is what women do. But what you're encouraging, and it's like, no, you can do whatever it is that, that you want to do, right? As long as you work hard for it. So that's a powerful message that needs to be, you know, needs to be said, needs to be shared. You know, even with my daughter, you know, I have to admit, God knew what he was doing when he gave me a daughter. <laughs> Obviously, you know, I wanted a boy, you know, before them. But now I couldn't see myself without my daughter. She's just so great. But um, yeah, you know, there's there's things that I want her, you know, just to to be strong and not just physically, but mentally, you know. And so and the reason I say that is because most of the time, a lot of people, when they hear the word strong, they it's a male characteristic. Right. But it doesn't have to be. It can be a woman can be strong just as, you know, just as much as, as a male can, you know. And I see it with my mom, too. My mom was dad and mom for me and you know, my older brother. So, man, if anything, yeah, me. Yes, you can. You know, that's my mom lived that that model yeah. so that's awesome yeah and and it, and i know there's women who sometimes are afraid to be strong because we're afraid that we're gonna look and i've actually come with this creating my organization i have to you know i have to be a boss and sometimes i feel like i'm gonna come across as a b-i-t-c-h and then I feel, because that's what we feel like if we act like that you know bossy or strong people are gonna think oh she's Oh, we don't want to deal with her. She's too, but it's like, no, there's no, you, if they think that, let them think that there's nothing wrong with us being strong. And I think women need to own it, own the power and own being strong. For sure. And be a boss. There you go. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Because what is it? You're trying to be a male or whatever. Yeah. No, you know, just breaking those barriers, right? Those glass ceilings as they call it. So yeah, for sure. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the program and its goals? So what are some of the things that you know, you, you want to accomplish as a result of this program? Yeah. So right now we have a team of eight, it's eight committees, over 20 women uh, of all ages, you know, all backgrounds. And what we do right now is, you know, all our, our proceeds from our shirts go straight to our fund and that helps us do workshops. Um, scholarships is a big one that we really were working on that one just because I really want to get it right. And when people think of scholarships, you think of, someone in high school going to college that's we do want to do those but you know everyone's lot nowadays life is different there's people who might not want to go to a university and they want to go to beauty school or they want to go to technical school or they don't know where they want to go yet but there's this cool camp 
a STEM camp or a music camp that they want to go to, but they can't pay for it. You know, things are expensive these days, or they can't pay to go visit a, a university. We can help them pay for that, you know, just to get them, to get them going. Cause money, I know for me too, money is a reason why I, I wasn't able to do a lot of things in life, you know, and I'm for the creating a nonprofit. People are like, is it expensive? Yes, it is. And I did not have the money, but that's fine. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I found a way to, to make it happen. And yeah. that's why the shirts is what funds everything. So I'm like, that's what helped us. So we're trying to get the scholarships going, not only for young kids too, you know, for older women who had kids put their college career on hold to raise a kid because there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you want to give them full attention, but now your, your children are older. You want to go back to school, but you just don't have that $1,000 to get you st started. We want to help them go back too. So scholarships, I think is the big thing too, but also just providing workshops and other resources for women of all ages, just to, to let them know that they're not alone. Because when they can relate, when when we can relate to each other, you know, you're able to feel more comfortable and you're able to to do a lot more. Definitely. So tell us a little bit about um, some of these workshops. What do you, what are some of the things that you focus on? Right. So right now, a bunch of the workshops, we've actually had people reach out to us asking us if we could join their workshops. Well, the sec the second you know, Mihai, yes, you can was out. We had schools mainly mainly um middle schools and high schools you know because it was a pandemic their their girls are are lost they're dealing with mental health issues so that's where both of my worlds were able to collide awesome. and i was able to talk to young girls about you know mental health how i went through it how i still deal with it and i think that's what they they need to see older women still still you know i still cry sometimes i still don't want to go out of my room and just stay put you know but they can relate like it's you can still find a way to get over it and here's how I did it maybe this will help you so right now just talking to them for international girl day we had a lot of events there you can imagine on Monday March 8th um, international women's day that's our anniversary that's our one year anniversary awesome and that's you know a big day for everyone so they're reaching out like how can you guys help us so right now that's how we've been doing workshops while our committee gets their own, you know, agenda so we can have our own workshops and invite people to come and join us. Okay. That's awesome. Well, happy early anniversary. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so how long have you guys been, uh, been established? So we, on that Monday, it'll be, and I consider it cause that's the day where I posted about my shirt and that's just what blew up. So for me, I call that, I mean, I'm like, that's our anniversary of when everyone was introduced to the phrase Miha, yes, you can. Um, so the one year right before the pandemic. Oh, I really? Nonprofit organization. I remember it fondly too, because I was, I, I had mentioned to you that I was in San Antonio for a wedding this past weekend. And a year ago, I was in Austin. It was spring break for my son and we went to Austin and that's when everything just started closing down. I remember I had my son taking pictures of me in my shirt. I was like, I need some content. So we, <laughs> we were going up and down the streets. I'm like, okay, take a picture. And like, that's how it started, you know, just from there to where we're at now, it's just blown up. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So one year and that's awesome that you're doing work with the students, you know, with regards to mental health, they need it. You know, when one of the things that you talked about, you know, money always seems to be an issue, you know, especially when you're, when you're working with, with, um, 
Well, just people of color, right? And especially Latinos, right? Who don't always have the funds. I mean, I remember, you know, like I said, I was raised by a single mom. So, you know, obviously there was a lot of issues that, that I dealt with as a, as a teenager. And there was no way my mom was going to send me to no, you know, psychologist or counselor. And I needed that, right? It was Vicks, you know, like, here, Ponte Vicks, you know, Vicks wasn't going to do anything for that stress that I was going through. But having organizations like yours, you know, for me, it was a nonprofit at a church that helped me out. But that's what our students need. And, and in, you know, I've been working in education for 20 years and it's so, so crucial to have that. Right. So it's not only the the academic support. So that's why what you're seeing now with schools, it's like, how do we focus on the social emotional support? Because if we can't get that right, then they'll never get the academic side. Right. So that's pretty awesome that you're doing that. So thank you for sharing that. So. One year, and 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 I, I know where this is going, right? You've, it's going to be one year here, March eighth. But uh, what are some other challenges that you and your organization have faced in just getting the program off the ground? And the reason I asked that question, right, because I love what you said, because you share that you still cry sometimes, you share that you still have struggles, and the reality is that a lot of people they can see people on social media, they can see people on TV, and they're like, oh, their life is perfect. And it's far from that, right? We, like you said, we struggle, we cry, all that good stuff, right? Or bad stuff, however you want to see it. So what are some of the challenges that you and your organization have faced in just getting this started off the ground? Because a lot of people have dreams. A lot of people want to, you know, get things started, but they never do. And here you are, you know, a couple of days away from your one year anniversary and you've done it. So what are some of those challenges? A lot. I, I mean, I, I learned a lot from myself personally in this one year, you know, and one of the big things was I can't do everything on my own. I'm still a Latina. I'm still a spicy Latina. Like I like, <laughs> and I like to do things my way, you know, because for the first four months, this thing just grew and grew. And I was like, because of, you know, how I started it, you know, but then once I started bringing more people into it, I had to realize, you know, other people's ideas might be better than yours. Listen out. So it's taught me to listen to be patient, um, that, you know, we're going to have some good events and we're going to have some not so good events. And we're also going to have so far, the feedback has been nothing, but most of it is positive, but we have had some people, you know, that have come social media posts. They didn't like what I posted, you know, and it hurts my feelings. Cause for me, social media is my baby. I, that's how we were able to thrive because everyone was stuck at home scrolling through their phones. So they were like, oh, what's this? Let's jump on this train, you know? So social media has helped us out a lot. But then at the same time too, we were in the middle of a pandemic. So I couldn't go out and network. I love networking. I love talking, if you haven't noticed. I love talking to people and meeting them. So I couldn't meet them face-to-face. -face. Everything, you know, is how we're doing it right now, you know, be um, virtual. So that was kind of a challenge too. But at the same time, it wasn't because I was able to meet with more people because, you know, it's like, okay, we log off here, just click another link and I'm in another meeting, you know, as opposed to, you know, we're done. Okay, let me go drive another hour to wherever I have to get. So for every, I think for every challenge we had, there was, I, I mean, we had to look at the silver lining of things. So there was also something that came out of it. But personally, the biggest challenge has just been that learning that I can't do it all on my own. I still get stressed. Um, I have learned that I am a workaholic and people are like, is that, I even asked one of my coworkers, yeah, I just broke down one day and they were like, what's wrong? And I was like, I have no idea. I just can't stop crying. And they were like, what did we do? I was like, I don't think anything, you know, I just, 
I just exploded. And I think what people don't realize is sometimes you got to self-care. You got to take care of yourself because if not, you're going to explode. And that's what happened that one time. And I'm on TV. So I'm like, God forbid that happens on TV. Or maybe it needs to happen on TV so people can realize. (laughs) Stop making fun of me via Facebook Messenger. I am not perfect. So I had to learn to take a break, you know, self-care. I'm still learning. People will still say, you still work a lot. And I, and I do just because I feel like if I stop, you know, the, every, the fire under me, highest you can, is going to stop. But they're like, no, you have over 20 amazing women that are willing to help for free. We're all doing this for free. So that's a beautiful thing. But, you know, eventually I'll, I'll get over that workaholic yeah, but. that's the way you're you're made though you know that's the way you're cut you're just it's just part of being driven i mean i can understand that as well like i feel like if i'm not doing something i feel like oh my gosh like no something's wrong you know so i have to constantly be doing something so that's that's pretty awesome so you told us a little bit about the challenges what are some of your success success stories from the programs um i mean that people were just actually interested in wanted to write articles about me and the organization, you know, wanted to tell our story. I think one of the biggest one, uh, we have El Paso Inc. here in El Paso. And they were just, you know, they emailed me questions, you know, can we do an article on you? Sure. A cute article with my picture. And, and the t-shirt, right? Yeah, and the t-shirt. So, and I guess they, you know, sent it out and my boss saw it and he cut it and he posted it there. I mean, we were all working from home, so I didn't see it. And my friends took a picture and they were like, that they were proud of me, you know, at my work. And from there, that one little article, that's what helped us get our store. We have a store in the outlet malls. Uh, We don't pay for that. We just, they donated it. They were just like, we want to help you sell your shirts. We saw the article in the El Paso Inc. We want to help you. So in November is when we started that. And it's just like a little store. We don't pay for any of it because they donated it to us. And that's kind of like our office because I was running everything out of my apartment and I had boxes upon boxes of shirts. And then I moved to a house, then I put more stuff and it was just like, so from that article that happened. And then from the store, it's just like one thing after another and the, the coverage we've been getting here. And many people will probably say, well, it's cause you're on TV. But the thing people don't know is for the first four months, I caught what I call my, I was a ghost founder. I created the organization with people not knowing who created it. Okay. Because I, I wanted people to be about the, you know, nonprofit, about the mission because of the mission, because of what it was going for, not because of the person who made it. Not like, oh, Iris from TV made it. Let's, let's you know, encourage it. No, people thought I was just promoting it for someone. And when they found out it was me that did it, they were like, oh, that's your nonprofit? And I'm like, yeah. Thank you for, you know, doing it, even though you knew it wasn't me. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to, you know, yeah, I had obviously TV and people that I knew, but for the first four months, no one knew it was me. And that's when we really just blew up. And then when I finally said, okay, that's my nonprofit, that's when it just exploded. And I was like, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So you have your own store that was donated. That's awesome. You know, this just goes to show you, right? When you, when you take that step of faith, you know, that leap, you know, that's when, Sometimes people, they want those things to come to them first, but they don't always realize that once you take that step, that's when the help comes, you know? So that's pretty awesome just to see that. Yeah, no, definitely. If you're not, and 
people will always tell me this too, you know, if you're not take, doing something that scares you, then you're not really living life. This I'm still scared. I'm like, what the heck did I start? <laughs> I can't stop it now, but it's so exciting that it scares me and it makes me nervous, but like in a good way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you kind of mentioned a little bit about this and um, one of the previous questions that I asked you, but, you know, because you said you learned that you can't do it all by yourself. You need, you know, to, the help of others. But what else, what else has um, surprised you, you know, that you've learned about yourself as a result of just taking on this endeavor? Um, I think I actually realized this a few days ago. Um, so I am a single mom. And before I'm in love with being in love. So I felt like I always needed a man in my life. And recently I realized, you know, I'm, I'm good. And I think my family too, I come from a Latina family. So, you know, my dad feels like, hi, my, my niha, you know, I want someone to take care of you. But I realized that I, I'm capable, you know, of taking care, care of myself. You know, I, I am learning that it's, that I am a powerful woman. And it's hard, for it, and I've never been able to say that. I've always been very, you know, insecure, very insecure. And these days now I'm like, you know what? I'm proud of you. And I've never been able to say that to myself. But now I'm realizing, you know, one of these days I'll find my perfect match, you know, but right now I'm good. You know, I don't, I don't need someone right now. Like I thought I did when I was younger, like, oh, I need to fall in love now everyone's I mean I just went to my brother's wedding and they're like you're next or I, t I jokingly was like oh this is our last wedding congratulations mom and dad and everyone looked at me and I was like right now I am married to my job so we'll talk later and they're just like I'm like you know and I'm, I'm fine with that you know I got my son he's my plus one for everything so I'm good so you didn't, catch, you didn't catch the bouquet no, I did. I actually went to the back because <laughs> last time I caught the bouquet at my older sister's wedding, um, months later, I had my son. So I was like, I'm staying away from bouquets. <laughs> it did the opposite of what it was supposed to do. <laughs> Miha, Miha, yes, you can. Yes, okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's, that's, uh, you know what? I, I appreciate that. You know, just being transparent about that, just realizing mm -hmm. that you don't need, you know, somebody in your life. Would you want that? Yeah, for sure. You know, we always cool. want that support, that help. You know, but at some point you got to keep pushing, you got to keep persevering and you're a living testament of that. So that's awesome. That's, that is awesome. So what advice would you like to share with the listeners? You know, and we have male listeners, we have female listeners, we have young people, we have older people, teachers, non-teachers, parents, you know, that's the thing about this podcast. I don't want to ever just kind of you know, box people in. So people from, from everywhere, you know, listen to it, but with the intent, right. Of, okay, Hey, there's something that I want to do professionally or personally, you know, cause we're all on this journey of success. Right. So what advice would you want to share with the listeners in terms of, Hey, you know, you have a dream, you have a goal, you're trying to go after success. This is what I've learned in the process. Um, learn to accept failure. I mean, it's because of all the failures in my life. I've had so many people tell me, no, you're not good at this, but it's because of that, that I'm where I'm at right now. I mean, if some, if everyone would have told me, yes, I would have probably thought I was great at art and I am horrible at art. You know, sometimes it's good for people to tell you, mm, you know, you're good at that, but maybe try something else. Oh, okay. You know, you learn to you learn, you learn and you grow from the failures, you know, but at the same time, don't let anyone tell you, you can't do something. If you feel like you really can do something, you know, go for it. But if you're, 
And through that, maybe you might find out, oh, I'm actually better at this. So let me go with this instead, you know? Okay. Awesome. Very good. Well, we come to the last question. Where can people get more information about your program? How can they help? How can they connect? How can they donate? You know, because what you're doing is, is, is a powerful thing. Like I said, you know, you're, you're out there wanting to help women, you know, just empower them. And that's that's a beautiful thing. You know, so where can people get more information about your program and how can they help? We're on online social media. You know, we we're always updating that. So we have mihayesyoucan.org. Um, and then we have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that's just at Miha Yes You Can, the handle. And there we're always updating everything, sharing pictures. If people wanna volunteer, all our committees, we already have our committees, but we're always accepting volunteers, especially you know when one day, hopefully we're, everything's COVID free and we're able to go out and talk to people face to face, you know, we are going to have a lot of events I, and we're going to need a lot of volunteers and even people out of town. And that's the thing about the Miha project. It's not, it created here in El Paso, but we have love from Austin, from Dallas, from, you know, Colorado, people just want to know how they can help too. And we also have, you know, like ambassador, we call them our ambassadors where they can promote for us wherever they're at or, you know, join in on any conferences. That's a beautiful thing about virtual, virtual everything. Yeah, for we, sure. Anyone, we have a, one of our scholarships um, chair. She's in Nashville. She was like, can I even join? Can I do this? And we're like, yeah, just log on to the computer. That's all we need. Everything's done vir virtually now. So we can definitely do that. So online website, email us, share your story with us, or just you know, share our story with everyone else. Cause maybe someone you share it with didn't know about it. And from there it just grows and grows. Exactly. That word of mouth, you know, word of mouth advertising. Very good. So, so people are able to donate on the website. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From there we have, you can make our donation. We're right now here in El Paso with the Paso del Norte community foundation. So um, all donations are um, taxable. You know, you can get, if you need required documentation and all that, cause I know a lot of people, ask about that as they should. And we have all that information on there as well. Okay. That's awesome. Well, Edis, thank you. Thank you so much for just giving me a bit of your time. You know, you just came back from that wedding, you know, you, yep. you, you ran away from the bouquet and you jumped I on did. this zoom to do an interview with me. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. And I appreciate it. You know, just again, I'm very grateful for this. I'm, I'm big on gratitude. So thank you for just giving me the opportunity to interview you. And, and so you could share just a little bit of your story that I know will empower the listeners and help them out. And, and it made me, Hey, even motivate them, maybe even motivate somebody like, Hey, I have this, there's this nonprofit I want to start. I want to work with, you know, homeless people or whatever. You just never yeah. know how, what, what your story will do. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That about wraps up another episode of Mission Driven with AC Cristales. I hope that you've enjoyed this interview with Edis Lopez. And if you want to contribute, you want to help, you want to donate to Miha Yes You Can, the nonprofit organization created by women for women to provide a platform that allows all women to come together to learn from each other, relate to each other, and achieve their ambitions in life. If you want to help out that organization, go ahead and log on to MihaYesYouCan.org. Again, that's MihaYesYouCan.org. Again, you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So spread the word and let people know, hey, there's this pretty cool, dope organization doing great things to empower 
other women. And as always, I just want to thank you for listening to another episode of Mission Driven with AC Cristales. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you're enjoying it, subscribe. Don't wait. Subscribe. You know what to do. And also take time to rate it. Five stars, baby. And also, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button. And as always, I just want to remind you guys that, hey, the mission is now. So remain mission driven. And as always, I wish you nothing but faith, hope, love.